Everybody, yes. <laughs> Somebody come prepared. So this is Apple Treats, final episode of the season. Uh, hopefully not for the show. <laughs> we will still think to have some episodes next year. But yeah, we we decided to have one episode in season three, and we were actually planning to have more than this one. Yeah, we we wanted to have. Something interesting to happen, but we will. Uh, we definitely need to go through the year, uh, like see what what was happening during this year in Apple development ecosystem and uh, vision, pro, vision, pro, vision, pro, vision, pro. Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't happen yet. I mean, like, well, it did, but well, uh, we will cover that. Uh, probably we, we we might need to start with with vision pro in advance, but yeah. So. Um, Episode six, season three. Um, we hope to have at least ten episodes this year, but it didn't happen. Maybe that will happen next year. But so the good thing that it's not the first episode. Yes, probably that's good. And by the way, we already have a couple of topics for the next year, and uh, hopefully we will come back somewhere in January, and that will be interesting for those who are uh, who want to grow as a developers but uh, we won't be talking much about that so let's let that keep that as a mystery so we will be talking about uh, 2023 and we'll see what was happening in terms of the development and uh, let's start probably yes with an, an elephant in the room the apple vision pro which was announced at wwdc and uh, well everybody was expecting that and it's finally here or no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, we actually have a device. Um, it, some some people have the developer kits. Some people tried the device in developer labs. Um, but uh, all the current rumors say that we might have this device in on sale in end of like by the end of January probably, maybe beginning of February. That's the current rumors and. Uh, Let's just quickly uh, talk about the Apple Vision Pro from the developer perspective. So, is your credit card ready for that? Uh, I have <laughs> limits which will allow me to buy that. But that will be, yeah. Well, we'll see. So we are not talking about corporate credit. Stop. <laughs> yes, we are not. We are not. But we actually have projects uh, for Vision Pro, so that's that's actually kind of fun and. Interestingly, the, for the developers, it's not that different from what you were used uh, used to have on the iOS, and uh, uh, like you still have Swift UI. You have UI Kit, by the way. Like it's not some new framework. It's like it's almost the same UI Kit. You have more uh, how the, like frosted glass uh, rather than you had in um, in iOS, but it's uh, it's almost the same. You have Reality Kit, which you might use uh, on um, iPhone or iPad. You have AR Kit, which is not the same AR Kit as you were using on iPhone and iPad. And that, that's actually interesting. It's the same, like the it's called the same, but it's totally different. And um, that's mostly due to the fact that you cannot have access to the cameras on the uh, Vision Pro. So the only camera, and that's, by the way, virtual camera, which you can have access on the Vision Pro, is camera which shows your face, uh, which is actually reconstructed from the your onboarding and like cameras looking into your mouth and your eyes. So um, 
as of now, it seems that this image is like a little bit weird. Uh, I mean, it's like low resolution or something, but that's the only camera you have on Vision Pro. Um, and we still hope to get the devices as soon as possible and try to use that device. Uh, like in, so we have a couple of teammates who tried the device in, Vision, uh, in um, Apple uh, Developer Vision Pro Labs. And they said it's actually quite cool in terms of the resolution and cool in terms of the everything in this heavy. So uh, that, that one bothers me. So for me, so I do not see any like reason to use it as an entertainment uh, device. It can be, yeah. but my entertainment device is Xbox and Apple TV. So and Apple TV I can use with my wife and kids, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. And you, uh, like, in order to watch the same movie together, you have to have two devices, and you need to do something. Share play. Yeah, and uh, this is, in this case, so the only thing, like the only reason why I may need this, is work. But spending, I don't know, even two hours in this massive uh, headset can be complicated. Tricky. Let's put it this way: it would be tricky. By the way, everybody who. Uh, joined us on the stream you can ask your questions or share your um, uh, findings like for 2023 what what did you like what did you find noticeable we might discuss that on the stream and um, let's move on yeah so we do not have the device yet and by the way the developer kits which were provided to some of the developers they might be a little bit different from the actual device which will be shipping soon but hopefully not that much and there are a lot of rumors of the something like vision non-pro <laughs> and vision pro 2 which will have even better displays by the way the displays is probably the thing which sprays the most so all uh, everybody who's like talking about the vision pro they are saying that the, di the display technology in uh, vision pro is just like above and beyond like everybody uh, praises that particular thing but we, we will see my main concern there is like for the applications we develop we need to be sure that the text on that uh, virtual windows flighting uh, around you will be readable uh, so that so means the dynamic type please support it now not only for apple vision uh, pro users but for uh, the rest of people who want to make text bigger in their uh, in their applications yeah so and like crispiness or like the like overall everything of the of um I don't know, like, how would I say? So it, it, we need to see how it will actually work with actual apps and when you will need to read a lot of text. So that's something. And um, we are currently working on that, but we need to make sure that the users will actually like it. So that's so that's one of the things I would like to like, see how it will actually work. But by, by the way, so will they support iPhone apps on yes, Apple uh, or on the iPad? Some of those. We expect that it will support uh, most of the applications except like again for the cameras and for the AR kit and uh, something like that. So there are a couple of things which will not be working but most of the apps will be readily available and they will look a little bit like non-native. So they will not have this uh, frosted glass background. They will not have anything uh, related to this like overall look and feel. But 
iPad apps and iPhone apps will work on the device. So just phones and uh, iPads will fly around you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. you have to take it and use. <laughs> so I, th I think yeah, so something something like that. But um, um, I think that the idea there is like you will be able to use that app. But if you are app developer, you will definitely see that your app like stands out, and you probably want to have your native uh, vision os app and um only if you here, want to to make uh, your users uh, i don't know suffer from that <laughs> true uh it's I don't a know. that people use flutter applications uh, and they're okay with that maybe they will be okay with that so apple had a couple of sessions during the uh during this year and they were talking about like how to make your app like better for the vision pro so they had in-person uh, developer events uh, at uh, apple developer center near the apple park and what they were talking about is like don't use hard-coded colors like don't use this don't use that uh, i know adopt these te techniques and then your like iphone app will be just as good as native app and uh, like it will be easy transition to the new platform so uh, well, it, it, it's actually not that hard to transition the app. So uh, they, they do not have much of the uh, differences in terms of the Swift UI and UI kit. But there are a couple of things which uh, overall experience in Vision Pro like probably will need to uh, to be uh, like updated, I would say. So there, there will be, we, we need to understand how to uh, build an apps for Vision Pro in terms of uh, spacing the windows. For example, one of the things which you mm, might want, you, you want to place your application windows like in the specific places, and that's currently not possible with Swift UI on Vision OS, and maybe you will be able to do that. And there are a couple of hacks which you can use in order to essentially trigger that, but uh, we will, we will see how they will actually work on the on the on the physical device. Unexpected. Swift UI is doesn't cover everything. Hmm. Well, what a wonderful framework. I mean. <laughs> okay. 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 So we but have. You can do way, some swizzling. We have the question here. So let's quickly talk about that. So Vadim asks, uh, what apps will be? Uh, what 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 apps will benefit from supporting Vision OS? Um, by the way, like. Not getting into details, we see the interest in that. Yeah, Vladimir, let's start with you. Gyra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I remember because they were one of the first who ported their iPad app into macOS. Yeah, but uh, so my, my idea is that uh, all the entertainment part will probably have, uh, well, I mean, if you're building. Uh, streaming application then that's probably you would definitely want to have your app be available on vision pro specifically for those who have money uh, to buy that device you they, these probably will be able to buy some movies from your streaming service so or you can just uh, force them to pay for some subscription for apple vision pro yes. users yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, since they have money for this expensive device why not special video yes exactly and uh, by the way i think that that might uh, have some something there so and i um, apart from that i mean it's kind of hard to say what will be the actual use for that i'm i'm still thinking that this device is mostly for the business and therefore 
maybe not Jira, but something with uh, business purposes might be working okay. I kind of expect that, for example, Final Cut Pro might be good on the uh, Vision Pro because you can place your windows and like you work can work with a lot of content at the same time. I don't know, Logic Pro, if you are into music, maybe that will also be uh, good for the uh, for, for this platform. But it, we still need to see, like, um, I mean, making prediction, predictions here is something I, will, I definitely don't want to do because uh, first, like, we, we can remember Apple Watch, yeah? So initially it was like, there was a... The, one of the buttons, it was called, I think, contact button or something like, or friends button because it was... Uh, the only purpose of that button was to show your uh, uh, f- favorite friends and like try to contact them. Well, that was like long. Uh, that that's already uh, not the case, and therefore like there were a couple of changes in the uh, Apple Watch in terms of like how they are positioning it now. So I think uh, something similar might happen with the Vision Pro. So we will. It will start with the idea that it's more or less entertainment and business uh, purposes, but then the users and the developers will actually decide what's the main purpose of that device. So I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure that they will be only business apps or they will be only entertainment apps. Um, what we are working on right now is probably again on, on the border of those, like it's, a, it's an entertainment and it's a business entertainment, which is probably the worst thing of, of all of them. But we hope that something which we build will be actually cool. I mean, um, the, the progress we have so far is actually cool. And yeah, we, we can talk about that on this podcast <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, um, but I think we might have a separate uh, episode on the Vision Pro as soon as it will get released or we will have some more information on that because that's not the only thing happened in 2023. So uh, there are a couple more things, uh, small and big, but uh, let's maybe start. Let, I'm before just we, but before we go there, yeah. before that, I want to ask you, so like, do you feel that Swift as a language, as an ecosystem, goes in the right direction? Okay, because I think I know what you're coming from. <laughs> not, not, actually, not only uh, typed throws. Yeah. This is a yeah, horrible idea. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, but in general, so changes that Apple introduced uh, on DubDub and before it with very, very complex syntaxes of... Uh, I, I really don't remember what this... Ugly syntax does, <laughs> but yeah, with many keywords and other stuff. So the language that should be just a tool, it becomes more like not a tool, but a, a Swiss Army knife. So you're trying to solve everything with the language itself. Well, maybe it's interesting, yeah, because what we have, what happened during this year is that actually Swift is now. There is a working group which tries to bring Swift to embedded devices, like basically bare metal. And uh, there are a couple of uh, activities there. So it will not be the same Swift. There are a couple of things which will not work on that Swift uh, on, the, on, on that level. Um, but And on, on the other hand, we have server-side uh, working group which brings Swift to, uh, to, like, to servers, to the backend, and so on. And yeah, the, the language actually now becomes very broad and there are a couple of things happening so we are now uh, gearing towards 
uh, Swift 6 with all this uh, structured concurrency and uh, sendable types and, and so on and so on and so on. On the other hand, we still have something happening, like we most of the developers still use G GCD, uh, like, and uh, looking into this new uh, concurrency as something, yeah, like we can do this particular thing with the async await and that's it. I mean, like nobody even tries to adopt actors in the actual apps, which is uh, sad, but it's like, it's the reality think, right now. I, I think just, it's it's similar to like I don't know we discussed this a year ago I believe so the problem with uh, Apple introducing uh, actors uh, structure concurrency they cannot show a good example like good app to show right. like how this sh how this thing should be cooked similar to SwiftUI as well but it's, uh, well, that's another topic SwiftUI is better now I mean let's let's be honest they, they pro no, the no, no. I'm, not, I'm not talking that SwiftUI is bad. I'm saying that Apple doesn't show us oh, how yeah. they think uh, SwiftUI apps should be developed. Uh, the architectural is, patterns, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not only the architectural okay, patterns, but just, yeah. So, Apple, you can, I don't know, open source one of your apps, which you've written in. Um, yeah, that one, that's probably might not be the good example. That's the problem. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, but uh, if they have this, like, uh, target, we want to, I know, good example, developer app, which is SwiftUI on macOS, iPadOS, iOS. I don't know about watchOS, but never mind. <laughs> so it's a developer app. For me, it would be really interesting to see what they use, because I see that this is a SwiftUI app. It's not a native. Okay, it's native app, but it's a little bit clunky. I see it. Uh, but so... And then, so because I remember when they released Swift Package Manager, it was ugly, it was unusable. But then, with help of community, they did a lot of great stuff with it. And now it's wonderful. Right. Um, we'll see again. Um, they, they are updating the documentation, they are doing something, but it's maybe not yet there. Let's just talk about one, since we're talking about these changes in Swift, macros. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, um, the more I look into that, it, the more it seems that it's a proper way of doing macros. And like, just hear me out. There are a couple of things here. It's the proper way that we do not have something like, which generates like some code, uh, like the macros in C or C++, but uh, so you, you have struck, you have typed language on when macros are write, uh, written in Swift itself. The problem is that it's so complicated to write those macros sometimes. When you do that, you need to uh, go through the syntax tree. And uh, there are, for example, there are a couple of things where you can have uh, a property defined like uh, var a equals five. And the syntax tree does not contain the information of the type of the property. So if you rely on the types in your macros, you are out of luck. You do not have that information. You have to deal with this uh, uh, type, which is um, derived from the value. And on the other hand, like you, you might have uh, macros which, like, you need that type in order. For example, if you want to make a backing storage for that, so you your macro will not work with the uh, with the classes which have this kind of approach and. Uh, 
So there are a lot of things you will need to take care of when you write that macro. You, you have to do a lot of stuff uh, manually or you will have just to rely on macros which are created by somebody else. And by the way, some of those macros are also like do not support these uh, uh, things. So uh, it's a good thing to have that macros, but I think it, will, it won't be that everybody will start writing those. It may be uh, there will be some first party and third party markers which are trusted by the community like we, we we will now talk about one of the things on the swift ui and the community and uh, some kind of trust yeah yeah the, the same call to apple make swift ui open source and <laughs> well that, yeah that will benefit so any restrictive uh, license i don't want to use swift ui as a i don't know as a separate library in all the apps try to port it somewhere no i just want to uh, have some influence on it as a developer as a user of this framework okay <laughs> from the developer and the community uh so point three pointers released composable architecture 1.0 i mean it's not like it's now beyond that but it's like and uh, they are actually adopting uh, the macros and adopting the observability uh, observation framework and so on which is probably like to go architecture for swift ui it's a little bit like complicated for simple apps maybe like i, I would agree I, I might personally prefer mvvm and something like simple patterns when you're not dealing with the huge apps but uh, the idea behind that architecture is actually quite good. I mean, they, they did a lot of work in making the um, like Redux-like architecture feel more or less native with Swift. And I personally hated the idea like with, with view store or like the, this and their case, uh, case paths and so on. So it's like, I did not like them. Let's put that, put that straight. But that was okay considering what the, what they were trying to achieve with that and now like with the 1.0 they are, i think they're getting rid of the uh, with view store approach and there will be a lot of things happening with the macros and that will be more like smooth use of this architecture with the swift ui so even if it's not from apple i think that worth adopting and yes most of the uh, content which they create to teach you how to use composable architecture is under paywall, but uh, there are a couple of free episodes which they produced, and uh, also maybe that's like worth spending money on. I mean, if you are into building sophisticated uh, iOS or like general Apple ecosystem apps, composable architectures might be like good choice for you. Like just. Take a look on the free episodes, consider if, if that's okay for you and maybe subscribe to get more information for uh, like more complicated topics like persistence, uh, like navigation and so on. Won't this be a new Viper? Uh, well, Viper was more free, I would say. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I don't think most people will adopt uh, composable architecture. I think it's still something for the bigger projects and the more complicated. And not just that, but also like with the team who is ready to think a little bit forward, like they're not, they're not going to like, let's just build and, and leave. Right. It's, uh... But the bad thing, so uh, I worked on a project that was developed for, have been developed for seven years. <laughs> <sighs> The basic ideas that were 
included uh, in the, uh, the beginning, they are not alive anymore. They are dead and they are very outdated. And that's why I really like, uh, I, I'm not saying that we should not have an architecture in the app. <laughs> but uh, my approach here is to go step by step. So if you have a, a, now you have a small application, but you wait, it will be very big. Maybe we should start with something very easy, something that you can easily expand, but uh, do not invest a lot of time on writing some simple screens. And then, okay, you, you can think about rewriting. It's similar to, I don't know, instead of using Docker Compose uh, for your web services, using Kubernetes just because it's uh, too uh, trendy and everyone has their <laughs> Kubernetes cluster. And the same about, I don't know, Mongo. Right. It doesn't worth your time. Okay. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of announcements, so uh, this year was also uh, like not very rich for the hardware in terms of like actual hardware released. We now have new HomePods, uh, which look almost the same as the original HomePod, but it has less... Does it have an old one or a new one? I have an old one right there, yeah, and uh, it has more speakers. But they say that the new one with less speakers is like still has great uh, sound quality. And I would say, AI, like this, AI, AI. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they they have. Um, I think they mixed a little bit, like from the original HomePod, it's like the form factor, and from the HomePod Mini, they added the humidity sensor to the new HomePod and uh, like temperature sensor. And like I think the computational part of the new home uh, homepod is a little bit better, so it like probably works maybe on the same level in the, in terms of sound quality. But we'll see. It's nothing much than that. So it's like if you have the original homepod and uh, you think like of replacing it with a new one, like don't. <laughs> it's um, what if what to do if I don't have any. That depends on you. I mean, I actually enjoy and like the, the whole family like likes to ask uh, one particular um, assistant to turn on some music uh, from time to time. I won't be naming it because that thing might respond. And uh, like... Uh, hey, Siri. The... Ah, you're on headphones. <laughs> that, that won't work, yeah. So, but apart from that, it's actually um, quite good. And um, if you have some other things like home... Um, HomeKit enabled accessories, you start to use that from time to time, like asking to turn on the lights or turn your, uh, like, I don't know, I, I have like heater fan and I can turn it on and off uh, using just voice. So there are a couple of things you, you can do there. And um, uh, I would say they are, they are quite nice in, in, that, in that case. Uh, and yeah, there is also a thing like uh, intercom, you can ask... Uh, this mm -hmm. thing to like talk to other room like again sitting on, and you can or you can do that from your phone as well but it's still, it starts that that won't we, we don't good. use that much but it's still interesting i mean maybe maybe that will uh, stick for some time yep yep sounds good another thing m3 chips so that was released actually uh, we do not have the m3 ultra uh, but we have max we have pro we have general M3 and Apple was comparing it like a lot, trying to compare with M1, uh, mostly because like the iterative uh, changes are not that big. But 
compared to M1, it's actually like quite a big step. And I mean, like it's a two year and we are usually not replacing our MacBooks every year yet. And that's a good thing. <laughs> so uh, if you have M1 something, it, like the M3 will be looking much better, like in, in many ways. I'm speaking from my MacBook Pro with M1 Pro, not Max. And it's wonderful. I don't yeah, know why I should I'm... replace it. I would agree. I mean, I I'd also still use the M1 uh, uh, Pro uh, chip on MacBook with M1 Pro chip, and it runs perfectly. So I also don't see a reason to migrate to M3, but uh, there are a couple of metrics which are actually quite good in terms of uh, like compilation speed and everything. It, it it becomes better. Let's let's put. It. But the one the one thing I would like to mention that M3 is uh, also um, it has like differentiation between Pro and Max. Like if we look into previous chips, like Pro and Max were like kind of the same in a way, and now Apple like, forces M3. CPU. Yeah, yeah, just the CPU part. But now Apple is like forcing M3 Pro as more power efficient version of the chip and M3 Max as more performant because the the, the configuration of the uh, efficiency and performance scores on M3 Pro is like totally geared towards the efficiency. So mm-hmm. you will probably be able to have a lot more battery life with M, uh, M3 Pro chip, but you will have like unprecedented amount of performance with M3 Max. So they are separating these chips significantly in a way how they work. So um, like cynics would say that it's all about money. Um, and maybe they are right, but I'm also thinking that this is just actually that these chips do serve separate purposes now. And like you, you should choose what, what do you want? Like, do you want to work connected to power and have like all the, all the performance you can, you can have? Like, I don't know, you're training some machine learning models or you, you're a developer and you are sometimes on the go and you want to have your uh, MacBook to leave the whole day without charge, even if you are building something in Xcode or I don't know, doing something for something else. <laughs> Maybe that's the case as well. I still think about buying a uh, Mac Mini, but mm-hmm. since they do not support Max version, Max like M, uh, yeah, cheap yeah, Max there. And buying Studio, Studio is ugly. First, <laughs> and second one, I don't need such a big uh, thing on my desk because minis. Well, it's just are... two Mac, Mac minis. <laughs> ah, yeah, just <laughs> if I want to have a rack, a server rack, I would buy a server rack. <laughs> and by the way, like one of those Mac minis in Ultra is just a fan. <laughs> yeah. Not, not Mac Mini, but Mac Studio, yeah. Yeah, this is... yeah I mean, like, if you check them, two Mac Minis together, one of those will be fan, and the second one will be the computer, and that that's essentially yeah. Mac Studio is. And Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's, um, um, do you really need that kind of performance? No. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because, <laughs> because again, I use M1 Pro, and one Pro is wonderful for me. Yeah. yeah, I understand that maybe sometime I will need this, but I don't know. Two minutes of compilation, maybe this uh, not it doesn't worth this huge amount of money. Right. Yeah. By the way, and speaking of uh, AI, <laughs> uh, 
we we have to talk about that a little bit because like Apple did not bring new Siri yet, uh, did not bring much of the ML uh, like generative AI tools to the platforms. But what they did, they actually uh, just in the beginning of the year they restricted the all AI apps. Uh, age rating to like the top of their head, like at 17 uh, years and up. Um, probably a good thing to do, especially having the all the things which these models create and talk and uh, like how they respond to some of the queries. Um, and we had one small, large language model in our iPhones with iOS 17, like this new text uh, prediction or completion, whatever you call that. It actually works interestingly okay on the English language. Um, I can't speak for others. <laughs> I, I think I, it, it doesn't work that good on other languages, but it's an interesting thing. And there were a couple of articles from Apple uh, talking about the AI and like how to run la large language models on the constrained devices. So they have like a couple of approaches with the uh, how to properly structure the request, how to reuse the like, the previous work created by the model in order to run the uh, the model on the devices with constrained memory, such as an iPhone. And that's, um, well, maybe that means that they are still uh, on track to deliver something in iOS 18 in terms of like Siri working on your phone and maybe not on their cloud, but rather something might be still working locally as well. We'll see. And um, that's probably long overdue to have some updates to Siri. And maybe the, there will be more on like dual lingual uh, Siri, like support multiple languages at the same time, which is like, or maybe it will be like, we'll be able to get more than one comment from like one request, like what you cannot do right now. Like you cannot actually ask it to do something and something else. You need to like do follow up requests, which is kind of weird. And uh, we'll see. I, I really way, hope just, to have something like that. Just just before uh, Christmas, they released an open source multimodal uh, large language model together yeah. with Columbia University. And this is interesting. So if they're gonna use this somehow in their uh, work, in like in their yeah. uh, devices, that's that would be interesting. The rumors are rumors <laughs> is that Apple is actually already testing some kind of Apple GPT internally with the employees, and uh, it runs not locally. It's like just a server-based uh, model, um, but they are tuning, they are testing, and they are think maybe um, well the. We know that Apple has a lot of like secretly working groups and maybe they are working on something running locally and I hope, um, well, I mean, there, we, we shouldn't expect that they will provide you an uh, API as a developers to use that. Uh, I probably expect that this will be like just Siri only using that. But the fact that they will be able to run something locally means that your app might also do that. Like uh, it, will, it might be a little bit different model, but it will the, the 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 device will be capable of doing that. So AI kit. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we have ML, uh, we have core ML, but, uh, we'll see how it will. I mean, I, my, my best bet is that we will see something in that area next WWDC. I mean, it's otherwise Apple will be like really behind in terms of how are they perceived by the audience. So um, I think it's, they, they definitely need to show something and that something should be working good. But it's similar, I don't know, it's, it's for me, it's similar to such stuff as we had with hardware updates or, for example, on Android phones, 120 uh, kilohertz uh, uh, hertz, uh, screens, uh, yeah. in-screen touch sensors, etc., etc. So the good thing that Apple spends a lot of time on polishing something. Except Swift UI, of course. Um, <laughs> and then they release this. Uh, I hope that they do the same with this because uh, if they just uh, throw in a new LLM that will work the same as other, how many people really use LLMs from uh, Google or from Amazon? Okay, Amazon, maybe users of AWS can do this. But talking about uh, Google, Google Bart and Gemini, I don't know. OpenAI is just, I don't know. They're they are using it right now. Yes. Yep, yep. They're really what, big. We, we need to see what they will actually be do, doing there. So we kind of might expect that there will be some more AI working on your photos. So like expect that some kind of... Uh, and I, I actually think that Apple already does like a lot of work there, but there might be, I think the main thing for them is like, for the photos, I would still want this model to be local. I don't want these photos to be processed on some kind of uh, server-side infrastructure. I mean, even if it's like very secure and so on, I still would like to have my photos processed locally. Um, and for the AI, I mean, if C, okay, I think I didn't trigger it. Uh, if that's, <laughs> thing will be working better um, with the general like uh, understanding of what I'm talking and will be able to follow up and it will be able to keep context of the discussion that will be just perfect and uh, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm more or less enjoyed the, the, the capabilities of Siri right now again I'm, I'm talking this name and I'm by the way, it didn't, it didn't trigger. That's that's good. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm more or less impressed with that. By the way, and they removed the need to say the word "hey" before that name. So and so <laughs> and I enabled that, and that works and sometimes in unusual ways. So um, again, I really want to see um, this uh, assistant AI assistant to be improved um, as a user and. Hopefully we will get something as a developers as well. Maybe not next year, but in in some distant future. I'm, I would like to see that coming from Apple as a native solution, or maybe this AI kit or Core ML extension with some kind of uh, additional APIs. And by the way, there is a yeah. hugging face uh, portal. They now have uh, like also tools in Swift, like tool of Swift frameworks for running LLMs uh, locally as well. So it's a, there is a push there. Like there are companies working on that. There a lot of stuff happening there. It's not just, there is no like this first party solution about that. Yeah. So first party solution would be nice, but the most interesting thing again, 
yeah, having this locally, especially like if they release this for always uh, connected to power devices such as HomePods, yeah. uh, Apple TV, that can be something really cool because they have enough like computation power. They have uh, okay, not enough, but yeah, at least some computational power. They don't need to worry about efficiency. Yeah, let's do this. Okay, um, so since this year was like uh, LLMs and gen- generative AI uh, happening outside of Apple, let's just try to cover some more topics. I would like to quickly go through one thing. So Apple Pay and uh, like related frameworks get a significant expansion this year. So Apple Pay launches in South Korea, in, uh, let me see, it uh, launches in Vietnam, uh, Chile, tap to pay frameworks uh, launched in a couple of countries, uh, including like France, Ukraine, Brazil, uh, UK. And also there are a couple of things happening there. So the Apple launched the Apple Pay later, which is, uh, uh, well, there are a lot of similar services in US, like providing you a way of paying in like four installments uh, for something. And Interestingly, the Apple Pay Later is uh, launching without any partnership with some bank. So they are using their own money and they are using their own financial organization to, to finance this, uh, thing. And like knowing the they rumors that Apple, yeah, yeah. Apple for dropping is, partnership with Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs yeah. yeah. So one of the things which they like, well, I mean, nobody expects that Apple will handle the Apple card as uh, like with their own company because it's a it's a tough thing to do, I think. And but they probably having that amount of cash somewhere, they might do that. Well, but as of now, it, it seems that it might be like either Chase Bank or maybe Capital One or something. Something. So it it probably won't be American Express, which was supposed to be initially, but. Who knows? Why do you think that they cannot deal with that? If, uh, like, th- their normal way of doing this, just buy some company and uh, implement this. Be- because there are a lot of new banks around the globe. Uh, so, Revolut is. The problem is, okay. banks in the US is, um, that's something very, uh, I, I do not have enough pro- proper words to describe that. So they are really reluctant to any change. And like, I still believe that like, exchange in like the, when the, the transactions between banks are happening with like, uh, I don't know, DAOs being like with the, like with the birds sending the, the papers <laughs> between them or something like that. I mean, there are a lot of terrible things happening with They're the banks. Called there, the yeah. Yeah. So you, you <laughs> might see. Some like uh, nice things like there is a Zelle, which is like payments through your phone number, which is like supported by many banks. But internally, it's still happening with like really old transactions. I think still sent over the email or something like that. So it's a, it's really um, the, the the banks here they work on really like I don't know like ancient level and uh, some of them have nicer interfaces like Apple Card. It's like really looks nice and. Uh, when you uh, pay for your balance there, like, oh, like payment is accepted, like it's applied there. But internally, the payment is still happening. It will be happening for the next two days, probably. Like it's, uh, so I'm, I'm not sure if, if they want to, to, to go into that by themselves. They probably can having enough money, but I, I don't know. And 
there are a lot of things happening with the fraud prevention, with the responsibilities and so on. So it's, uh, I still think they might find some, find some partner for that. Maybe it will be some other bank or maybe it will be some new bank created, maybe jointly with everyone. I don't know. It can help uh, California to become an independent state. Uh, and... don't, don't, don't start this. I mean, there are a lot of talks about that happening here. And, uh, it's, um, by the way, if uh, California will be a separate state, I think it will be still like one of the greatest economies out there. So one of six. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, but we, we shouldn't be talking that uh, much. <laughs> quietly, quietly. The, 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 FBI, uh, please don't listen to us. And the, 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 the elections will be happening next year. And it's, it's another topic which we won't be discussing here. It's, uh, not only in your country. Not for this not podcast. Only in your right. Okay, um, let's cover maybe some more news. I'm, I'm currently looking at, at what we... Uh, I mean, we didn't talk about a lot of stuff like for example apple watch sales ban happening right now happening and no, being lifted it's dismissed. yeah yeah it's not yet dismissed it it it's lifted for some time until the appeals court will be checking that but uh well i mean for those who are not in us uh one company massimo uh, they sued apple for using oxygen uh, sensor and they like essentially were able to win the court uh, and like essentially the ban started on December 25th and uh, Apple appealed that decision. They hoped that president will veto this. President did not. So now they're appealing in federal appeals court and currently the, the ban is lifted until the, the court will see the case, like hear the case and uh, decide on the case itself. So that will happen one somewhere big, in January. One big note. Yeah. It happens only in the US. Yes. Other yes, exactly. So okay. All other countries still have these uh, Apple Watches on sale. And um, I don't know. And I think Apple they, Watch will need to like yeah. <laughs> they, they will need to settle the dispute. So Apple, by the way, sued uh, Massimo for other patents. and uh, But Massimo does not probably have anything to sell. Therefore, there is no sales ban. And they are like too small for that. But... Okay, it's 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 just a it's just a thing which is not that uh, complicated. One one thing um, I want to highlight, so that will actually be related to the developers. So the developers will know how to provide the information on the new aspects of privacy, like use of specific APIs uh, in your apps, which can be used to track your uh, specific device. So the, these APIs could be used to like fingerprint your device. And also all the frameworks which you use, third party frameworks will now need to be signed and also have these privacy manifests embedded. So so Apple is actually like, when they introduced these privacy labels uh, in App Store previously, they were saying this like, you need to use your like understanding of things and we will, they were not checking the correctness of that essentially. So it was your responsibility. Now they are starting to check some of the things. So like if uh, some apps is using uh, fingerprinting techniques to like, instead of getting your device identifier, it tries to build one, now you will not be able to use that unless you declare that in those manifests. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, pretty much sure most of the advertisers will still do some tricky stuff with that, but uh, I think Apple is trying to close more loops there, like uh, loopholes uh, there, so they will be able to like 
at least tell the customers that they are working on that. I mean, I'm not sure if that will actually work, but as a developer starting in spring next year, you will have to provide those manifests, uh, like otherwise your app will not be submitted to the app store. And that's another topic I wanted to talk. Maybe that will be the last one for today. We'll see. Uh, European Union, uh, Digital Millennium Act, uh, gatekeepers. Uh, so Apple is found as the gatekeeper in terms of App Store. And that not like, <laughs> it doesn't really, like we do not have exact understanding what that means. So Apple will probably have to allow something on their phones. Uh, some people say it will be separate app stores. I would rather say they will allow side loading, which is like they will allow you to install the applications. And that doesn't mean they will allow uh, like app stores there. And my take here, if they allow that, they will limit these apps uh, access to some specific things. For example, MapKit, uh, when you use it on the iPhone, you use it for free and you are not paying anything. If you use, for example, Google Maps, there is some limits where you have to pay for those maps to be working. You don't have to do that on uh, uh, Apple Maps. Or some other tools, like they might restrict you from getting access to these tools. Like, I don't know, they might say, like, if you sideload an app, if you install app from untrusted source, uh, you cannot use Keychain or you cannot use uh, Apple Pay or you cannot use... Push notifications. Push notifications or whatever. Like you, you can you can be limited in many, many ways. And like for the privacy and security reasons, for obviously. Of course. Of course. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but or NFC or something else. Like they by the way, the NFC is one more thing uh, some uh, banks are now trying to get access to and essentially trying to like uh, limit Apple's, uh, I don't know, dominance in terms of Apple Pay and like have some their own solutions for that. And again, I'm, I'm not, the, we, we might want to talk about the, uh, how Apple Pay is better in terms of like actually like stripping banks from getting that access. And uh, the, the Apple, I think their commission is quite low. I mean, in terms of uh, getting that. Yeah, but, just a couple of millions. <laughs> well, of course, they, all, uh, they earn a lot of money, but for, for you, it's like it's really small one. And uh, there are a couple of like companies in uh, US who are not supporting Apple Pay, specifically Walmart. And that's uh, like, I think they will, like they, they had their own currency, uh, like they had, had a couple of attempts to make their own competition for Apple Pay. They failed. And I think they essentially will uh, support Apple Pay soon because the couple of companies which are related to Walmart are already using Apple Pay right now. But speaking of European Union, so this uh, they forced Apple to use USB-C on the iPhones, like <laughs> notably uh, iPhone 15 now comes with USB-C. That was evolution of iPhone. Apple thought about this for but years. I, yeah, it's. I'm, I'm still thinking that's a, that's a bad thing to have because like USB-C is... Uh, USB 3, I think. It's also Thunderbolt and all other standards. And like, um, yeah, by the way, USB power delivery and the <clears throat> cable you have, you don't know, like, will it work with any of those features? So the, the only thing you can trust on that cable is it will work as USB 2.0. <laughs> so um. that, that's why I mean, like, the, the, the port is, yeah, it's nice, but the, the whole thing with cables is just terrible. And, and I'm not saying that Lightning was better because it was still USB 2, but you know that it's USB 2 and that's it. 
So but, yeah. I mean, in this case, so if it's just a plain USB C cable with power delivery and with yeah, yeah, some exactly. plain data power stuff. Delivery. Yeah, because yeah. not all of them support that. Uh, you again can be yeah. like limited to you know five watts or something like that. And uh, when you buy cables on Amazon, it's still like one cable costs like you know, hundred bucks and another one costs five bucks, uh, and they're all USB C cables. Like, and you you have to deal with that. Yeah. But, but okay. we'll see. So um, no, nothing happened in terms of the regulations. So there there are still. I think some communications between Apple and the European Union, and they are trying to come up with something, but Apple is trying to push that away, saying that they are not actually a gatekeeper and so on. And, and they, I think they are more or less successful in terms of iMessage. Uh, they are saying like it's like not totally non-dominant thing. And um, there, were couple, there were a couple of things happening with iMessage in regards to the beeper, uh, the Android tool, which was trying to hack into iMessage and uh, saying... And running so, it somewhere else. Yeah. So they, they, what they were saying is like, we are making uh, communications for iPhone users more safe by providing this tool to Android users, like which is essentially hacking the protocol and like getting the registration data and like their last attempt, so Apple closed some of the loopholes uh, this company was using. And their last attempt is to have a jailbroken iPhone install specific app on them, register for the iMessage, download the payload, which was generated then. And then like, well, I, I don't see that being secure. Let's put it that way. And like, I mean, well, and I think... They uh, they will end up not supporting a message, and there were a couple of uh, senators in US who are now starting investigations. Like, is it anti-competitive behavior from Apple, like protecting their own protocol? But yeah, we know the elections next year, so somebody uh, needs to make their points. Yeah, but I know that in the US, a message is a big thing, especially really? among youngsters. But in in you. People just, don't, they don't think about it. So we have it, good. We don't have it. WhatsApp way, and other stuff. Facebook, Messenger. I would say Google won one round here. So Apple will be supporting rich communication services, RCS. Uh, and, uh, but they will not be supporting Google's encryption. So they will be supporting like uh, industry standard encryption for the RCS, like end-to-end encryption. I mean, uh, that will happen next year too. So some... and. Interestingly, Apple will still be showing these uh, bubbles as green. Like, <laughs> well, obviously, but yeah, some some people hope that it might be like something else. But no, that there will, there will be still. And in US, this like blue bubbles versus green bubbles is like huge meme. So like a lot of people are like trying to talk about that. Um, I wouldn't go through all other news which happened, like the. China ban on the iPhone or game porting toolkit, which was also released, uh, and, um, like had some news there, but like essentially we now can, can run some of the games uh, from Windows on, on Macs and, um, or open AP, API generator, which also was released by uh, Swift team today. So there are a lot of things happened this year, but I wouldn't say that it was like really big year in terms of uh, actual things, which we, Got, like we didn't get the Apple Vision Pro yet. That was announced and we are hoping to get it. So there are much hopes in 2024 in terms of getting new generative AI on the Apple platforms, getting like the Vision Pro finally, actually. And 
I think. Uh, and hope that Apple will be able to sell their Apple Watches in the US. Yes, again. And uh, we, by the way, the, the, the rumors are that the next like Apple Watch 10 <laughs> will have a new form factor and maybe it will not be supporting previous uh, watch bands, which is actually quite bad because even this um, Ultra supports the uh, Apple Watch bands which were created previously. That's that's actually maybe one of the like small of the success factors because you can like have a lot of them and then switch you can use the previous watch bands uh, of yours. Yeah, because models. watch bands they are not like uh, I don't know, cases for your phone. Yeah, cases yeah. for your phone they you just they, first of all they okay they can be expensive but you want to change them somehow. But uh, this is just utility stuff. Yeah. But with um, bands for watches, this is yeah, really it's, it's, it's a fashion thing. Yeah, I would say. Ah, yeah. By the way, last thing I would probably to close up with the uplifting note. So if you are not using cloud now, you probably want to have since starting next year, I think. Uh, every membership, uh, like uh, Apple Developer Program uh, membership, will provide you with twenty five hours of Xcode Cloud. For free so like if you're paying your uh, yearly fee then you have this uh, thing and um well consider having some ci cd on your projects especially if you're doing something like on your own and you're like doing something for like as an indie developer for apple platforms well i mean having free ci cd tool provided by apple why not i mean then 25 hours I think that might be okay per month, by the way. Yeah, not per year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually quite generous. I think it's it might be okay for uh, for indie developers. Like, it looks like they have a lot of free uh, Mac Minis uh, in the office. <laughs> yeah, maybe they want to like to spread the adoption and hope that people will run out of these uh, twenty five hours and they will subscribe to more uh, like paid uh, hours. Actually, okay. what they need to do, they need to focus on enterprise and forcing them to go into these and providing them a lot of customability for this. By and the way, this will... we have a comment from if... Vadim, who is yeah. also already using Scott Cloud over Bitrise. Um, good choice. <laughs> so uh, as regards to enterprise, yes, but as soon as you start bringing enterprise, it's not 25 hours. It's like 25,000 hours, which you will need. And therefore... Yeah, yeah, of course. But enterprise are ready to pay for that. The, the problem, I think the, for the enterprises and like speaking from our perspective, uh, the, the main problem there is that we are not uh, using just the Apple platforms. So, and most of the projects want to have everything happening in one tool. And therefore... Having Xcode Cloud to support your iOS builds or like you no know, Mac builds or Vision Pro builds, that's good. But like, there, what to do with the other platforms? So I think that's maybe the only reason Apple. why it, they will be sticking with Bitrise Jenkins or whatever. Apple knows how to make stuff uh, open, not open source, but open standard. They can partner with the Jenkins community to make some something on that. Well. I think they, they 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 might. I mean, they they are not shy about sometimes supporting Android, like right? They they have uh, Apple Music for Android, or they even now have some uh, collaboration with Google in regards to unwanted tracking notifications, like you, they, and that's joint efforts of companies. So they might 
have that, but I, I still don't think they really interested in that. Um, only if they actually want to have mass adoption of Xcode Cloud. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that would be it with um, with the review. I mean, we skipped a lot of things uh, here and there, but I think that was more or less okay for for this episode. And we didn't have any predictions for the next year. Well, we we had a couple of hopes there, but let's don't do that. I mean, all, all the predictions. Uh, uh, that's something I, I don't want to do this year. Not like, in this let, world. Not in this world. Let, let, let this year finally end and maybe new year will be a little bit better. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I don't even have hopes for that as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, it will be still, still a stretch goal, I think, right now. But um, um, yeah, so for all who are listening to us, like Merry Christmas, Merry Kwanzaa, like... Uh, Hanukkah, whatever you are celebrating, like uh, have a great holidays there, happy new year, and we'll see you in hopefully in January. But like really, hopefully in January, we will get back. I mean, we 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 still want to get back, and um, it sounds see you like next 2024 probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was okay. a nice season. Yeah. See you. See yeah. you next year. And and yeah, maybe let's let's just like hope that we will have more than six episodes next year. Um, and I, I I really want that to happen with some new things. Depends on our performance. That's true. That's true. It's only our thing. Okay. okay. Then. See you. Bye. See you. Bye.